Today's unashamed alcoholic guest is Amanda Brooke Perrin, a comedian and writer originally from Canada, now living in Los Angeles. I found Amanda online when I saw a link from the Globe and Mail in January talking about how sobriety was becoming more acceptable, and she noted that she was an alcoholic. Obviously, that piqued my interest, and we connected. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Amanda. Amanda, thank you so much for uh, joining me today to chat on the unashamed alcoholic. I'm, I'm really excited to chat with a uh, someone else who's talking openly about sobriety, but also a fellow redhead. So thanks for being here. Heck yeah, gingers. We're stronger <laughs> together. <laughs> I mean, alcoholics and gingers. Yes, uh, exactly. Especially ginger alcoholics. If you mix <laughs> the two together, there's no stopping us. Right, right. <laughs> Thank um, you for having me. Oh, I'm so I'm so excited to to chat. I I came across you on Twitter through an article that Ann T. Donahue had put out for the Globe and Mail in middle of January, um, talking about sobriety and sort of it becoming more of a an accepted thing. And you linked to that and said that you know um, that you were an alcoholic in, in, in what you put out. And I thought, well, this is someone else who's talking openly, who has a platform. And that's basically how I wanted to connect with you. So in short, I guess, like, you know, what's your story around why you decided to stop drinking? Was there a moment? Was there sort of a big thing? Like what's, what brought you to that realization that you had a, had a problem with drinking? Yeah. Oh man. I haven't been asked this in so long and it's, (laughs) I'm coming up on, it'll be two years in April, which is insane to me that because two, almost two years ago, I, the thought of going a week without a drink was like Mm -hmm. insanely intimidating. Mm -hmm. And I thought my life would be over. Um, Yeah. I guess my story is I am a comedian and I feel like unanimously the comedian community likes to joke away emotions Mm -hmm. and feelings. And, um, and so I, I sort of used alcohol the same way, which is to not deal with things that I didn't want to deal with, um, Mm -hmm. to just kind of numb myself to feeling anything other than content. Um, I would say a lot of it had to do with my social anxiety too. I wasn't comfortable in group settings and didn't know how to have conversations with people. It felt right. Um, but yeah, the last, the last year of my drinking was, um, not the best. I was in this sort of abusive, uh, relationship. It was very toxic and, um, yeah, I just continued to drink and, just accept that that was what was going to happen. And, um, and thankfully it was never physically, but, you know, emotionally, um, it was taking its toll on me. And because I wasn't dealing with it, it just kept piling up and making me act in really insane ways Mm -hmm. when I would drink. So, um, the last night of my drinking, um, you know, it was another blackout. And I, that that's part of my story is that I blacked out a lot and wouldn't, would have to like piece the, the night before together, Mm. which I, by the way, thought was like a regular (laughs) thing that people were doing. I'm like, like, it was happening to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would talk about it in therapy 
And she's like, how often are you doing? I'm like, well, most of the time, like, what do you mean? (laughs) What, like, we're all doing this, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which was, it was shocking to find out that was not the case. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I think, I think um, I, I had told, I had confided in a friend that I had wanted to stop drinking and I kept telling this one specific friend, mm-hmm. I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop. And then I just wasn't stopping. Did you ever try to moderate it? Uh, yeah, I definitely tried it. I tried uh, going, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go a month without it. That never happened. Oh my God. That's what <laughs> I was like a day. I was like, I cannot drink today. Yeah. Like Wednesday, yeah. be my one yeah. day a exactly. month. <laughs> It's so fun. I, I feel like I was functional in that when I had to work, I was, I was pretty good and I Mm -hmm. didn't really, I didn't put a drink in my body because when I had one drink, it was inevitably going to lead to more drinks. So I just would say like during the week I can't. And then Mm -hmm. on the weekend I would make up for that and just really go to town. (laughs) Um, and yeah, so that's that's kind of where I landed. And actually, it was my therapist who was like, have you ever thought of going to going into a program? Mm-hmm. And I was I hadn't thought of that before. And she mm-hmm. sent me a link to a meeting that was close to me. Mm-hmm. And I went and mm-hmm. I'm thankful to be in Los Angeles where, you know, so many people are sober and yeah. so many young people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought I was walking into like a group with five divorced dads, chain smoking, <laughs> and I would be the only like 30 something. I and, know. Yeah. And it was a bunch of hot people wearing like leather jackets and <laughs> denim. <laughs> I was just like, there's so many people had tattoos. I was like, wow. I know. When I first went, I was like, they're not going to know what to do with me because I'm so young. And so, <laughs> so, so I have my, le- how am I going to explain that? Yes, I too am an alcoholic. Yeah. I have everything. And these people are for sure all homeless. And yes, yes. <laughs> they were, and I was like, wait, everyone here has a job too. I don't understand. It's quite. It's alarming when you go to a meeting with like, 50 people that are the same ish age as you there's a mixed bag but and everyone has the same story because you know you're I've like a lot of alcoholics where we think we're terminally unique and (laughs) um so it's it was pretty mind-blowing that Mm -hmm. I had the same story as most of the people in the room Mm -hmm. it's comforting it's so reassuring and uh, so eye-opening because and I was going to ask you this, like what, you know, at what point did you know you were an, a quote unquote, an alcoholic? Because I always say I was in the rooms and saying, you know, my name's Becca, I'm an alcoholic, but only because I had to, because that's what you have to do in the room. Cause I didn't, I couldn't believe it yet myself. So it took, you know, a few months of that before I was like, yes, me too. Like, this is obviously, this is where I belong. But, you know, I'm always wondering, like, at what point did you know? Did you know before you started going? Did you know, you know, how, what brought you to that? Because, I, I, you know, it's the language, too. Like, some people don't use the term alcoholic and, and others do. So what brought you to that term? Yeah. Well, it's still terrifying to me. And, like, sharing my s- story, like what I just told you, I, 
I get nervous that people are going to hear that. And because we don't know, we're, we're doing it a day at a time. Mm -hmm. I'm terrified of slipping up. I don't want to drink again. And yet I hear the same story over and over again of, I had like 12 years of sobriety and then I just picked up a drink. Yeah. It happened so quickly. Yeah. So to be open about it is, is really scary. And Mm -hmm. I completely understand why people choose not to identify or they're scared to do that and Mm -hmm. take the first step. Um, Yeah. I think, I think for me, I didn't, I pretty much the same as you. I, I, I wasn't going to say it out loud and I th- I knew I had a problem because I kept telling my friend I was going to stop and I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And um, my first meeting, I said, hi, I'm Amanda and I'm figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even, I couldn't say it. Um, yeah. So uh, it took me a while for sure. And yeah, like I said, even now it's, we- it's still weird mm-hmm. to say and like, but you Not say it a, online, like when you, when I saw you on your, that Twitter post, you said, you know, you were in, like, it was hard for you to say in that, or hard for you to accept. And that's because you, you know, surprise, like you, you were an alcoholic too. And so sometimes you don't, people don't say that word. They just use like, I'm sober. I'm, you know, I'm in recovery. And I find that word it's, it's, it's not all the time that people choose to use the word alcoholic. And I, I, I like it when people do. I mean, that's my whole thing. Yeah, um, is trying to take the the sort of the misunderstanding about what's around that because like even me like I said I was like an alcoholic isn't me like I'm not I don't have a DUI I'm not yes. drinking I wasn't drinking in the morning I wasn't blacking out and I I read a book Sarah Heppola's book about you know called Blackout where I was I was like she's blacking out she has a problem I don't yeah you know yeah. like so it was like all these rationalizations about what an alcoholic is so I'm always I, I always love when I hear someone say that word because it, it cracks away at the, the shame and stigma around that word in, in particular. Well, yeah. Um, the stick, yeah, the stigma, I, again, I thought it was walking into a room with divorced dads, chain smoking. <laughs> and so I had this picture in my mind, like if I don't, if I haven't gone to rehab mm-hmm. or like you said, gotten a DUI, mm-hmm. um, or if I couldn't hold a job down that I couldn't possibly be right. an alcoholic. And I think it's people like Anne and like comedians that I really respect. Like Paul F. Tompkins has talked about his sobriety and um, John Mulaney, who has mm-hmm. recently struggled, mm-hmm. um, has talked openly about it. I think because I knew people had done it and, Again, I don't know if they they've publicly said al- the word alcoholic, but mm-hmm. they said they they don't drink, so it made it kind of okay. Yeah, I I think yeah, the stigma around it still scares me. Like I posted that tweet, and I thought mm-hmm. about it a lot after I had posted it oh, yeah. because because it's kind of like letting somebody read your diary almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you get any negative feedback from that? Like, do you, oh. you say that? Like, because that's the thing, you know. When you said that, I was like, yeah, someone else is cool, you know? And like you pointed to Anne and, and said like she helped inspire you. And and when I, I heard her a few years ago on CBC and she said she was sober, I'm like, oh my God, like someone cool 
is saying that like, and so it helped me too. And, and I've like kind of looked to her for a lot of that. And, you know, so, and for me, my story is I publicly said I was an alcoholic because a hockey player in Ottawa at the time said he was. So you see like the impacts people publicly speaking about it has on others. And that's why I was so grateful to see you say that because I knew there would be underneath, if you looked under that, there'd probably be a whole bunch of me too. Thanks for this. All, you know, that's what you're getting. That's probably the type of feedback you're getting. Yeah. And I posted about being sober before and I, I have never received a negative response. I think the, the closest I came was um, New Year's, my first New Year's sober. And I was driving and a guy I knew said, no one's fun anymore. Like when I said, <laughs> which is, was my worst fear at the time. I'm like, right, I'm right. going to stop drinking and not be fun anymore. Yeah. And it, hearing it though, from somebody else, I was like, oh no, that sounds wrong. What you just said though, mm-hmm. it was weird. It would kind of did the opposite of what I thought it would do, mm-hmm. which is like, if you think that you're so close-minded, which I used to be. Right. And And I know that's not true now. I can have a life outside of alcohol and have fun and remember the night. (laughs) That's the best part. That's the best part. I can't throw up into my hand at the end of it. Like it's, you know, it's a a win-win for everybody, frankly. (laughs) It really is just waking up every day and not being like, who do I have to apologize to? Oh my God. Do I owe anyone money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where am I? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I exactly. I mean, there's the the and it's I find a lot of that is because people think that because they've never gone through those things sober. So you assume you can't do that sober. Like I thought I could never go see a concert sober. And then I wouldn't. Like I'd go get completely belligerent and then have no idea what songs they played what happened afterwards, you know, nothing. Oh now I, I go, it was yeah. the, probably, was probably the one, of, one of the hardest things I did in sobriety was go to a concert for the first time. And cause I'm like, this won't be fun. Yeah. And it really was like, you just realize you can do all the stuff. You can enjoy the music instead yeah. of worrying about if you're, if the drink in your hand is full or not, like yeah. how I used to, do to go to the, the bathroom and yeah. Well, yeah, how much you'll miss. Cause you have to keep going to the bathroom. Exactly. I have embarrassed myself at so many concerts. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yikes. In my last year, there was one in particular that I think to that night and I'm like, that was, it wasn't the beginning of go- going downhill, but it certainly, it was probably in the height <laughs> actually of it. And I've been to concerts since then and it's a lovely experience. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to the music. (laughs) I'm not worried about anything else. Yeah, it's so everything has significantly changed in a positive way. And I think I was so desperate to make human connections. And I thought alcohol was the only way to do that. Right. And I realized it was pushing me further from people for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm hmm. Um, and I got curious and the curiosity that I've received from sobriety is like one of the best things that I, I would say the benefits of sobriety has given me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, and you 
Sometimes you take, you know, you take alcohol away and it sort of starts to reveal for me. And I think a lot of people reveal who you really are that you didn't know about before. Cause you just kept like <laughs> covering up. So like, I didn't know how I could handle myself in any kind of situation that I never had dealt with sober ever. And yeah. now, then you start to realize like, okay, this is who I am. This is what I like. This is what I can do. This is what I'm capable of. Like all these, it's just so, it's so amazing that you don't realize like what alcohol is really the impact it has. Yeah. It's so weird. Like any activity I would do before I'm like, okay, we're going to go bowling. Is there alcohol at the bowling alley? <laughs> like there, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom anything, anything. And then I would hang out with Anne and she wouldn't be drinking. So I wouldn't drink. Oh, and then you could do that. <laughs> I could do, I, well, it depends where we were, I guess I did. I certainly did drink around her a few times when she wasn't drinking, but there were, you know, a few days where we would go to the mall or I don't know, go for walks. And mm-hmm. I, I would come home feeling like, oh, I feel good. And I, I had fun and I, but then, you know, you, how quickly you forget when you have a drink in your hand again. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Like it was so hard not to do anything that didn't involve drinking when drinking was part of everything. And actually I just, there was a, an article this morning that I shared that was how it's just woven into the fabric of our society. And I said, this is why it, like, I keep saying the same thing. You are expected or understood to be a drinker until you say otherwise, like it's understood like that everybody drinks until you have to say like, actually, no, I don't. And you're, it, you know, it's getting better, but you still feel kind of like the odd man out to do that. So it's, you know, it's a little daunting sometimes to be, to put yourself in that position when it's, when it's involved in every single activity that we do. It's really, really scary. I, I remember talking to other sober people when I first came into the program and I would truly just say, what do you do? Like, what do you do? <laughs> just full stop. What do you do? Yeah. One, one woman was like, get a hobby. I'm like, what? <laughs> what, know, what the hobby? <laughs> um, drinking is my entire personality. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, like, I don't know, hearing it put in such simple terms mm-hmm. is so eye-opening and just remembering conversations with like normies just being like it should like going to a baseball game like how are we gonna smuggle in this I was so trash how are we gonna smuggle in like our alcohol like I'm gonna have to bring vodka I put vodka in tiny little travel shampoo bottles (laughs) No one thought it was weird that you were drinking shampoo. I would like spray it into a Sprite or something, but (laughs) it was trashy for sure. It wasn't, it wasn't super cute. Like required, you're just like, everybody's doing this, right? Like, (laughs) you know, everybody's getting drunk at the game. I mean, I, I used to do that at hockey games. And I mean, I would be like, everybody drinks like three glasses of wine before they go out for dinner, right? Like to a restaurant. Yes. You gotta, you gotta pre-drink before you go drink. Sure. Um, Exactly. So showing showing up like half in the bag to something, but like, because I got to have a good base because who knows when I'll be able to 
keep that going, right? Like it's just, Absolutely. you know, you think about it and like, God, that's like sort of that's sad, you know, obviously sick behavior. Oh, I get really sad for the girl that I used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I have, I, that's another great thing is that I've learned to have empathy for mm-hmm. where I was and, mm-hmm. um, instead of being fully embarrassed, which there's still embarrassment for sure. Uh, in that little journey we take sometimes just like memories flashing back and you're like, Oh God, that was so nightmarish. Mm -hmm. But most of mine involve requesting a song at a bar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Play spice girls. I feel like that happened a lot with me. Um, into the DJs ear. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're like spice girls. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think back and just like definitely when I was drinking alone at home, mm-hmm. I I started asking people how much they drank at night alone because when I was when I started to feel like, is this a normal amount mm-hmm. to be drinking? Mm-hmm. I started asking my friends how much they were drinking. And yeah, like most of them did not drink two bottles of wine. <laughs> when they were home alone watching scandal um (laughs) olivia pope was my best friend and we had a great also the wine glasses in scandal are the size of your head and i was like she gets it man she understands (laughs) (laughs) but i mean that's the thing like i you know you you rationalize everything and i would look at you know for I started noticing my problem when I became a mother and I was putting it before like wanting to do something with the kids. And I was like, and it was, you know, it's the nonstop narrative of like, when am I going to drink? How much do I have left? Who will notice? Where do I have to go today? Did it like, do I have to drive tonight? And then, you know, all this, it was just the nonstop running commentary of it. And I noticed that, um, I mean, I'd noticed that for years and I tried to moderate before kids and it, I knew a little something was coming, but when I had the kids, it became definitely more prominent. And I started to think like, is it weird that I can't go, you know, like a night without it? Like, you know, and, and how much are other people drinking? And I remember some people saying like, they didn't drink at all when they were alone, never when they were alone. I was like, yes. What? <laughs> like, that's, that's possible. How do you, how do you pass the time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what's your hobby then? Cause this is my <laughs> hobby. Yeah. So, you know, and I thought like, that's, that's possible. Like that's an op. It was just, it was never not an option, you know? And I, and to see people have like one glass at a dinner or, and, or not finish a drink. Like that's when I was like, "Mm, mm, I'm not the same as these people. Yeah. So I'm the same. I feel like I could, I could with specific people have a glass or two. I feel like I also drank when I got home though. Never mind. But leaving half of a drink behind, I remember just no shame picking up my friend's drinks and drinking the rest of it. Like, <laughs> gonna like that. this is this is I you need to you bought this. Yeah. I mean, you're not gonna let it go to waste. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Or like chugging wine if we if everyone got up from the table and I wasn't <laughs> on my drink, like there was no way I was wasting that. Yeah. There's no walking sweet, away from sweet. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sweet, awesome. sweet nectar. <laughs> so what made you 
decide to publicly talk about it? Like, you know, to share that you were, you know, sober and then, then to share again that, you know, you're an alcoholic, what made you decide to publicly say those things? I think I've been pretty open about my life in general as a comedian. I did stand up for 10 years and a lot of my stuff was based on what I was going through or what I had been through. Mm-hmm. And I found it therapeutic to write about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause I know so many people who just haven't even told their friends that they're sober and mm-hmm. um uh, yeah, I, I think I just feel better living an honest life. And mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah, I really can't imagine trying to hide it. Although, you know, like, mm, some of my family members are, like, full blown drinkers. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of uh, how life is. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how you're raised. I certainly was raised to be like, oh, yeah, we're gonna have fun. We're gonna drink and mm-hmm. So, so I understand why people don't, I guess I, yeah, I like to be honest and the responses you get when you say you're sober Mm -hmm. are for the most part positive Mm -hmm. and it makes you feel less alone. And I love talking to other alcoholics about it because it really normalizes it. Exactly. And, and I think it, part of it, you know, for me, it helps hold me accountable too, right? Like the more you put it out there and talk about it, the more like you're just owning it. And, and, and it, I, for me, it helped it, you know, every time I say it and I, and I talk about it and, and put an episode out or something, it just helps me ground me back to, um, my own recovery and, and hearing, like you said at the beginning, you know, you have people who have it's just, you never take it for granted because, you know, I, t- I talked to someone the other day with 30 years and relapse. Like, it's not like you get reached like any kind of safe zone and you're like, well, no. well I'm all done. <laughs> There's no graduation. It's certainly <laughs> just yeah. every day, every day you make it through sober is, uh, is a gift. What did I just say that I'm corny? Um, but I, I do believe it. It's, it's kind of a miracle. Like I said, yeah, almost two years ago, the, if you told me I would be sober for two years, I would slap you across the face and call you a liar. <laughs> Throw my drink in your face. Yeah. I would. And then I would lick it off of your face. Because <laughs> we're not letting that go to waste. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. And so when I was in the same position, like there was no, I remember telling someone once who was, who said he didn't drink, like, this is like, 10 or 12 years ago. And I was like, we'd never be friends then, you know, like the audacity of like the obnoxiousness around anyone who is the idea that like, I just couldn't imagine life not drinking. So when you look back to like you before and how, like, how would you describe the first, you know, your two years, like, how would you, would you, would you say it's like gotten better? Has it, has it been a roller coaster? Like what's it? Yeah. Well, it's been interesting because the first year I found so emotional because I was dealing with all these feelings I had, I didn't know how to cope with. Like I never learned how to just sit in sad feelings Mm -hmm. or, um, cause I used alcohol for everything celebrating Mm -hmm. when I was sad, um, when a Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, 
Wait, what was the question? See, I just <laughs> lost my, I'm like, what? Has it gotten like, what, you know, has it been a rocky oh. road? Has it gotten better? <laughs> Do you look back and go, you know, never like life is so much better now. Is that your meant is, you know, the, yes. how you see it now? Yes. I, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. The first year was emotional. And then the mm-hmm. second year, because it's been a pandemic. Right. Do you think that's made to- it easier or harder to stay sober? Well, I have to say this, anybody getting sober during the pandemic is like my own personal hero because yeah. I, if I hadn't been sober before this, there's no way yeah. I would have, I would have stayed sober. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think like just this morning, for example, I was having a really bad morning, a little emotional. My dog got surgery last week and it was terrifying and, um, And so this week I've just been taking care of her Mm -hmm. and everything's taking longer. You know, our walks are double, triple the time and Mm -hmm. um, just making sure she's okay the whole Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how much I, (laughs) I was like starting to build up, not resentment because I love my dog so much, but it's just the being of service Mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah, I just miss going to in-person meetings yeah. so much. And yeah. I used to go to way more and the Zoom fatigue is real. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, yeah, I guess I guess year two is I'm still learning and I will continue to learn until the day I die. Mm-hmm. It's been so different having like the online meetings because so much of it is like the fellowshipping afterwards or just getting that in person, just the vibe of it, you know, now it's so, you know, it's good. Like I, I do it like, cause I need to, but I, it's not the same. And I can't, I think a lot about being, if it was my first year and I was trying to do this, like how different that would be to like be joining a zoom where you don't know anyone. And like, I'm joining my group who I would see in person, you know, otherwise. And so did like be a newcomer and not have never met anyone and you're joining virtually like what, what a challenge that would be this year. Yeah. Just unbelievable. I have met a few newcomers in meetings. I actually hosted my own for the last year. Oh. And so I've met women that way and mm-hmm. just talking to them and like, yeah, I can't imagine without the fellowship because yeah. I, I have depended so much on the other women in the program Mm -hmm. and and if I if I hadn't hung out with them after meetings and saw how you could live (laughs) fun in a a fun sober life yeah (laughs) I don't I don't know that I would trust myself to stay sober so Mm -hmm. I feel for anybody who's who's trying to get sober right now it's Mm -hmm. it's not it's not easy anytime, but especially right now, it's not easy. No, and then and I, I was always someone who relied on, who looked for any excuse or rationalization or, you know, like every mom drinks and, you know, like mommy's special juice and all that stuff. And, and you know, anything I could grab onto to make it okay. And the pandemic has been one huge making it okay thing because, you know, like you're stuck at home, you're with the kids, you're, you're annoyed by everything. Like everybody's drinking in their closet, you know, alone. Yeah. 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 Like, and you just think that uh, someone just said to me that yesterday that like it, that's led to an increase in their drinking. And someone, a family member told me the other week though, that 
it like the last few months they've had to examine their drinking because it, it had increased so much by being at home because there's no separation and you know there there's yeah. so many reasons right like that you can and that you can make into a reason so it's a it's been a that's you know a huge thing for this year with with alcohol huge oh my god I and to actually answer your question I t- started talking about my dog for no reason at all um I think I think <laughs> the, point like the I was- dog portion of the show <laughs> <laughs> I think the point I was trying to make is like when I get frustrated or scared or, mm-hmm. um, or angry or any of that, mm-hmm. I now know how to, uh, rationally think about it and feel mm-hmm. things. I'm not, I'm not like toxic positivity being like, it will buckle up your bootstraps. Like I'm not, I'm not doing that, but I'm feeling it. And then being like, you're okay. I had this m- mantra uh, a few years ago that I, that has sort of carried through, you're okay now and you'll be fine tomorrow Yeah, because it's not really setting the bar that high. <laughs> and I know, <laughs> I know that I can get through it and I know that, um, I can do it soberly. Yeah. And that's so, that's so key is that, and I, the same thing happens to me. You get, you get super anxious about something, you know, you're stuck at home. The kids are annoying me. And that's when I would have turned to a drink. And I go through all those moments now where I'm like, now that wouldn't have changed anything. Like drinking wouldn't have changed anything in that moment. I'd still be annoyed or I'd be more annoyed tomorrow when I feel like garbage and I still have to deal and I still have to deal with them. (laughs) It doesn't like, I, I think so many people like us think that alcohol is going to fix things, but you're going to wake up and that shit is still going to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, my therapist shout out to Carolyn. Um, (laughs) she, she said, something really incredible that I think even pushed me uh push my toe over the line to actually go to meetings which is like by not sitting in your feelings you're just um you're just putting off the healing Mm. and the more I thought about that is is when I I've I made the decision to quit the shit because it's it what I was doing that I was just prolonging these, this hurt that I was feeling and mm. all of these emotions that I wasn't dealing with, I was just putting it off. Mm. And then when I got sober, I had to deal with that. And that was shitty. And yeah. it like feeling it is so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah. But now when something terrible happens. I'm over it quicker. Exactly. And I (laughs) just like, I'm, I can handle it and I can move on. Mm -hmm. And before it wasn't that I would spend like that relationship I was in, it was like a year of, um, just being treated like shit over and over again. And me Mm -hmm. returning because I thought that's, that's what, that was my only option. I think. Right. Right. Yeah. And and it's funny because you take, you know, you take alcohol out of the equation and it's not, it's not like, um, I always say to, to help people understand, it's not like I was, it was just me when I was drunk. Like it's not, it's not just that it's, it's what it, it was my life. It was me all the time, whether I was drinking or not, whether I was drunk or not. I mean, I was drinking every day. So like was always drinking. Yeah. <laughs> that was your life. <laughs> <laughs> it was my hobby, but it wasn't, 
you know, it wasn't just what I was doing while drunk. It was my, what it had, it was my behavior was affected overall by it. So when you take that away, it's not like a instantaneous, like, well, I'm not drunk anymore. Yes. But now I'm, you know, there's all these layers that need to come off. You have to, like, I go back to when I was like 16 and I started drinking. Like, I feel like I started back at that age to now learn how to be an adult in all my problems. And like, I've got to start mentally learning from that age again, because it covered everything up for so long. And then, you know, you slowly take these layers off and you go like, well, this is who I really am. Like I'm going to be 40 and okay, this is the Becca then like, cause I didn't know who that was for so long and it keeps happening. Like it's three and a half years now and it's still happening. Like I just separated from my husband in June and I think a lot of that happened like three years into sobriety. I think that happened because I was sober, you know, like, because I started to realize like, I don't want, this isn't working anymore. If I had been drinking, it probably would have carried on for a number of, you know, a few more years Yeah, because you take that away and you don't have anything to cover up anymore and just see all your everything, (laughs) you know, you have to deal with and you have to deal with it. Then every changes, everything, it changes everything about your life. It does it does change because you're willing to change and you're willing to mm-hmm. change the patterns because it was all the same patterns. I would be scared of something drink and it just waking up every day being like, okay, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. Yeah. Um, exhausting. It's exhausting. And I find that I was just putting my hand on the hot stove over and over mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And now if, if I touch the stove, I'm like, ow, that was hot. Okay. I'm not going to do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Do you find like in your line of work that there's like, is there a stigma to being sober or is it more accept? Do you find it's accepted? Because like you said, in, in, you know, in LA, there's so many people are sober. Like, do you, do you feel like there's, but do you feel like there's a stigma attached to it still? Um, well, I don't do stand up anymore, which I think helped Mm -hmm. certainly because I'm not in bars every night. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be right now anyway, everything's on zoom. So, (laughs) um, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I feel very lucky to live in Los Angeles because there are so many young people and comedians, um, that are sober. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure about, I haven't tried being sober elsewhere, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I um, am, I'm from Calgary, so I'll go home um, there and I'll visit Toronto sometimes, but I haven't, I haven't lived anywhere else Mm -hmm. and gone to meetings elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I don't know. I guess I'm saying I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I, I certainly am meeting way more sober people than I thought I would. Oh yeah. Like they're coming out of the woodwork. (laughs) (laughs) My boss is sober. I have a teacher right now that's sober. Um, And when you find that out, it's like, it's like a long lost sibling. I know. Oh my God. (laughs) You're a fuck up too. Cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So it's, it's, it's It's interesting. I think if I was like a traveling comedian, Mm -hmm that would be hard mm-hmm. like in small towns and stuff because that's, yeah. all, that's all you do is you drink right um, so so yeah there there probably is a stigma in, in that sense um 
I mostly write now. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's been so many alcoholic writers, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I certainly don't feel out of place or like I'm an odd man out. Right. And I feel well, that's good. And I yeah. think, you know, you just, you having people who like yourself has a platform and is sharing openly about it that, you know, that's encouraging and that's encouraging to hear and also encouraging to other people who are sober. Like you said, when you find someone else who's sober immediately, you're just like, you know, I'm always just like, like zoom, you know, zone in on them. Like, give me a hug. (laughs) I know, I know me too, you know, and you just want to be like best friends with them because you just, part of you feels like it's uncommon but it's really yeah. not as uncommon as it, you know, you think anymore. And which is nice because like, like you said, you know, you're sharing about it. And I think that's only, it can only do good things. It can only help you probably. And then, you know, everyone who you're sharing with, and it just helps break those stereotypes and the, and the stigma around what an alcoholic looks like. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think so. I, I love when people talk about it and hope, I hope that, you know, people, can read what I'm writing and, mm-hmm. and relate or feel less alone. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always sort of um, aspired to be somebody that people could come to mm-hmm. or um, not feel insecure around. Mm-hmm. I was a newcomer liaison at a meeting for a long time and mm-hmm. it was it was so fun because I, I think, I think I'm a not intimidating person. I think I'm pretty approachable and just knowing what they were going through was just such a nice, uh, it was just nice to have people messaging me and and feeling useful. Right. Holy crap. I was just like taking and taking and taking when I was drinking and, Mm -hmm. and the fact that I get to give Mm -hmm. back now. Yes. Yes. it's so it's really it's lovely yeah no, there's nothing better <laughs> yeah I totally agree totally I mean I think back to like the selfishness the complete like you know like you said taking 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 and everything was about me and how could I make it how could I make it about me yeah you know and to now be able to like if it can help like and it's not just people who are alcoholics or who are thinking they might have a drinking problem or whatever it's changing the way people think about what an alcoholic is or what an, who someone in addiction is, or, you know, we're not, you know, untrustworthy, homeless, whatever it, it is, that stereotype that's perpetuated, you know, and that's why I want to show like, you know, did you know that your favorite writer or hockey player or, you know, singer is in recovery or sober too? Like, and, you know, help change some minds around what, you know, that means, what the language means, um, you know, how people see themselves. Like, it's just, I think it's so important to just more talk more openly about it. Like, you know, yeah, yeah can, because that really was, help. I feel like what, I don't know. I still get this way where listening to other people's stories is better than television, first of all, because it's <laughs> so real and you get so many different people. Like I, I feel like I'm on the lower end of, um, of, the you know the chaos uh the chaos spectrum like like my drinking didn't make me get a DUI or um 
land me in rehab, but Mm -hmm. it did stop me from fully realizing who I was. And Mm -hmm. I would say that when I heard people with my story that were just like, yeah, I drank a lot of wine. I'm like, yay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, just, you're, you're like me. Um, yeah. And, but that being said, I so appreciate people who have gotten DUIs and mm-hmm. been to rehab and share their stories. I'm so grateful for them because mm-hmm. if I went back to drinking, who knows, I could absolutely end up in a rehab exactly. or get a DUI. Like, yeah, I, I saw what my life was becoming and I didn't like it. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, so I hope to God that I I don't have to drink again. Mm -hmm. And, um, because I don't want to find out what that looks like. I'm a little, I I don't think it would be cute. I know. know. I'm so glad I'm sober as I re-enter the dating scene because drunk Becca in her twenties was on just like, I would never, ever, ever want to go back to what that, what that life was like, how chaotic and dangerous and stupid, uh, her decisions were. And so now that I have kids, I'm so glad that I'm sober going into this. Yeah. I mean, it's terrifying terrifying. and I I don't want to do it, but it's terrifying anytime. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's so funny because when I used to, I mean, I've been on dating uh, apps before and when I saw that somebody didn't drink, I'm like, oh, absolutely not. Exactly. Left. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and now, and now when I see somebody, I'm like, oh, a good one. Yeah, um, my soulmate. <laughs> yeah, my soul, we're, we have to date legally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm like paying, I'm paying more attention and way more curious to find out about other people. Whereas before I think I was zoned in on like a specific type of man Mm -hmm. that wasn't good for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, Oh, you're ignoring me a bit. Tell me more. (laughs) And now when I see that, I'm like, no, goodbye. I'm tired. (laughs) I deserve more than the see you later. Exactly. And I think that's, what's so nice is that the more you're sober, the more you experience things, the more you take those layers off, the more you kind of dig down and go, oh, this is what I like. Oh, okay. So like all those years when I was drinking and I was like dating people, <laughs> that wasn't for any desire of like, that wasn't meeting any actual need of mine. That was, I was just doing what I thought I was, should have been doing or what I, what I thought they wanted. And so I was attracting just these terrible gremlins, like none of them. <laughs> always wondering why I didn't get well I don't think I was even on dates I think I was just meeting people in bars I don't think it was even a date so wondering why I never had like a real boyfriend like because what I was putting out was so awful and so I was what I was receiving was awful so now I'm looking forward to like actually you know putting thought and care and effort into like my choices basically. Yeah. And not sabotaging yourself. I feel like it was over and over again that I, I don't know. I, it was sort of the belief of like, I don't deserve more than this. Yes. That was constantly there too. Um, yeah, it was like a, it was a, a drinking career full of pity parties, I would say. (laughs) 
Oh, I really enjoyed chatting with you. I don't want to take up any more of your time on a, on a Sunday, uh, but I really liked listening to your story. I really appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, you know, I always like hearing other people's stories too. Um, I, I found that what's unique is that no matter whether you have sort of a similar story or if you've lived a totally different life, you can find some kind of connection in there and, you know, something that's like, oh yeah, me too. Like that's, I had the same feeling or thought or emotion or reaction. And, you know, it's, it's such a nice bonding experience. And I think that's, what's so nice about being in recovery is that you feel you and why you're drawn to other people in recovery is because you automatically feel like you share some kind of nice bond. So basically yeah. you are my best friend now. And <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Thank God. I was thinking the same thing. That's why you signed um, up. <laughs> no, I thank you for having this platform and, and talking about it because I think it's such, such an important thing to mm-hmm. talk openly about it and make other people feel like it's not the end of the world yeah. to admit it. And, um, life does get better. Yeah. It's there's, it's possible to live a happy, fun life without alcohol. I, I never could imagine saying that. <laughs> Can you true. believe it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blew my mind. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you. I really appreciate this. Nice to meet you, Becca. Thanks so much. I had so much fun. Me too. It was nice to have a laugh with uh, someone who wasn't the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, same Z's, but a dog. <laughs> I loved this conversation. If you couldn't tell from the laughing throughout, I really felt a, a nice connection with Amanda, and we seem to share a lot of the similar experiences when drinking. It's always nice to feel that connection with someone. And during these times, it's so nice to laugh. Thanks for listening. See you next time.